Hello everyone and welcome to episode 156 of Y'all Gonna Hear Podcast. I'll be your host today, Patrick. And joining me today are my two crawling co-hosts. <laughs> uh, it's Jonathan. Oh man, I had a bit. Hold on. Bring you another podcast creation from the mind of some sick animals who can't tell the difference. It's that Kenan guy! <laughs> <laughs> So in case you're wondering what we're talking about today, we'll be discussing, um, I would say, music's most uh, eccentric genre. You mean the best genre? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Simultaneously, the best and worst. It it could give you the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. (laughs) Today, we'll be talking about new metal. Yeah, I've been waiting for this one. (laughs) I have been waiting patiently for this one. The metal time has come around again, and, and uh, part of our episode, we'll be going through sort of like what exactly is new metal, sort of like its history, like what are some of the hallmarks of its sound, like notable bands, like our personal experiences with the genre, and just sort of like d- just the, the weird pop cultural impact that this genre has made. And to just to start, we're going to get into a little, a little of what exactly is new metal, and just sort of... As a, as a excuse me, as an overview, new metal is a genre of music that began roughly in uh, 1994 and it had a big prominence throughout the early 2000s. And starting around 2003 is when it really sort of started to, to die down. And the term new metal actually came from a 1995 review of like a pre-release for the band Cold Chamber. And <laughs> God, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? Though. And most people point to the release of Korn's 1994 self-titled album as like the starting point of the genre, or, or that's where a lot of people will sort of begin any sort of discussion about the genre with them, owing it all to the band's like really heavy experimentation, I guess, and some would say wild experimentation with sort of like this genre of ultra- alternative metal. And starting from that point, slowly and surely, many musicians really became enamored with Korn's new sound. And from there, there was just a, a snowball effect. Many bands began to really adopt that sound and sort of perpetuated, put their own spin on things. And it, it was from there that the, that the genre really got going. And this sort of um, impact was not lost on Korn. They really sort of recognize the fact that they're sort of the kickstart of this genre mm-hmm. as evidenced by the title of their 1998 album follow the leader oh yeah <laughs> and and really uh, with uh corn bands like deftone and the brazilian group uh sepultura they were ha- they had a e- heavy influence on sort of the the generation of the early start of new metal Definitely. And sort of the context behind a lot of that was in the late 80s, like, you know, the late 80s was the hair metal thing. And, and even though, like, most of those bands were not great. but What do you I'm, mean Twisted Sister? <laughs> God damn it. But, I mean, they, it was basically just taking, like, a lot of the hallmarks of metal of the time and just adapting it to more pop, radio-friendly context. But even those guys, they you, especially the guitar players, you really had to have chops to be in those bands. Like, I mean, if you cannot, like, even like a lot of the shitty songs of hair metal have like some fucking killer solos. Oh, for sure. But it, a lot of that changed when new met when uh, hair metal was basically just killed with the release of Nevermind in '91. 
and you know grunge became the thing and and you can sort of see how grunge really just dominated the 90s just sort of how everything from the like especially the late 80s was very big and bombastic and party all the time uh with with bands like Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, they came from a very darker, more emo it definitely more emotional and sincere place. And metal in and this was sort of one of metal's answers to that in that a lot of the new metal guys especially like in I I speak mostly from guitar cuz that's the most thing I'm familiar with. But a, a lot of the early bands didn't, re, I mean, you didn't really have to play chops. I mean, it was mostly just four chords or even just like more of just like atonal riffing stuff. But that being said, like it was just, I, it really captured the zeitgeist. And, and also, this was also the time where hip hop was breaking into the mainstream. So it's definitely there was a lot of incorporations of hip hop and funk and other things like that. And you, you see that like a lot of people also cite rage against the machine as sort of like a proto new metal band, even though I really don't consider them that, but they, they really brought in a lot of like the hip hop and funk elements that new metal really took off with. Except that, you know, instead of rage where they played mostly in standard tuning, you know, most of the new metal guys dropped it way down, way the fuck down. And because it, it is interesting <laughs> what you're saying, how like new metal is sort of this weird melange of several different genres all mashed into one. And just from what the research I've done, like it's to like we said to a very positive extent with a lot of bands with their instrumentation and sort of the implementation of all these different genres. And a lot of times it's sort of this weird gross hodgepodge <laughs> that just sort of happens. But sort of like some of the genres that really feed heavily into new metal, at least from like my sort of observation and stuff like alternative metal, like groove metal, grunge, hip hop, rap. Those are like some of the, the most prominent, like the prominently uh, noticeable genres. And sort of just like a rundown of uh, what are some of the most like widely recognized hallmarks of the genre? You have you know how, like like a widely uh, varying like vocal style that, ha- that range from like screaming to rapping. You have like down tuned guitars with like a lot of palm muting. Mm-hmm. You have like hip hop drums. You know like 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 very more groove based drums where yeah. like a like. Even less, even like grunge was, it was more so just keeping, you know, steady like four beat. But yeah, it was definitely, you had the more like funky, groovy sounding drums that really started with like corn and bands after that. And also like, like heavy use of like electronic sounds and like electronic manipulation of, of, the, of the vocals and, and music. Mm-hmm. Um, an, an interesting concept, I, I, I would like to lean on Jonathan if he can uh, elaborate on this, like, Heavy uh, syncopation. Do you, do you have an, a definition for that? It's just I, I can't give you like an academic definition of it. It's sort of like this weird like off. It's not offbeat, but it's like a. Do you know how to describe it? It's very. Uh, the only way I can describe it is syncopated. <laughs> well, but I, but it's like this very like. To use sort of like a more modern example 
would be the main that main uh synth line from Toto's Africa, where it's like the where like the the synth chords are going in between the beats of the drum, so it gives this like dun 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 dun, dun type of thing. Uh, I, I I did have a a technical definition in case we didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, these, I guess the official definition of syncopation is uh, described as a temporary displacement of the regular metrical accent in music caused by, typically by stressing the weak beat. Basically, yeah. Which, which is a very technical and... <laughs> Nerd! <laughs> very technical <laughs> definition. Yeah. And uh, the, and plus with new metal, it's like, there's a, like a lot of variety of instruments. And, the, and for the most part, they have like pretty equal representation throughout the music at least from from what i've seen and what people have said like what do you mean by equal represent like like at least from what i've been reading like people people who have like guitars and like drums and bass and and like like turntables they're sort of like more equally represented i guess in in like and their use and sound throughout the music and albums this is just from what i've been reading yeah like they're I will say a lot of like new metal bands there really isn't so much a certain feature of a particular music cuz like a lot of the rock of the 80s the 70s and 80s where all the focus was mostly put on the vocals and the guitar uh you know bass and drums you know outside of you know very notable exceptions were more just about keeping the beat yeah and it was it wasn't until like you know a lot of these new metal bands like uh, uh, System of a Down in particular, where their rhythm section was really technical, mm-hmm. whereas maybe their their higher end was not as much. Where it was the opposite before. And going back to what you said earlier, just sort of like in terms of like mainstream sort of like familiarity or like accessibility, the song structure in new metal. You know, of course, this isn't this isn't like a huge blanket, but like in a lot of ways, it's very similar to like pop song and its structure, and maybe sort of like other heavy metal songs. Yeah, I mean they, they I mean, granted, even like a lot of metal do, doesn't deviate from like very like verse chorus verse chorus sort of song structure, but yeah, especially like in the late '90s and early 2000s when it when new metal became more mainstream, it really leaned in more of the mainstream song structures. And probably one of the biggest hallmarks of the genre is sort of like, in terms of like lyrical content, it's very, uh, in large part, focused on a personal and internal experience with like a gravitation towards painful ones. Uh, yeah. Or basically it was like angry white dude rock <laughs> for a lot. Not always, but it was definitely that more uh, that angry Kyle monster drinking want to punch a hole in the wall type thing. And lastly, um, like, we, like we talked about earlier with, with, with the instrumentation, like the uh, use of turntables was very frequent in, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the genre, but not every new metal band had turntables. And even though that's sort of like a very strong, like, indicator of the genre it, it wasn't ubiquitous it wasn't in every single group yeah like even in a lot of the bands that had some sort of like turntables or sampling it was 
more so in sort of the studio production than like they had like a dedicated person for that. Like, I mean, the only bands that I can think of right offhand that had like a specifically a guy on the turntables would be like Slipknot and Linkin Park. Yeah, for sure. Limp Biscuit, probably. Yeah, Limp Biscuit. And I mean, I guess technically, you know, uh, I guess in a way you're going to have to throw Kid Rock into that category too. Yeah, he's definitely adjacent to it, if not new metal. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's fucking dog trash. In his defense, <laughs> fun fact, I've actually seen that guy twice in concert. Really? Yeah. I will say the motherfucker can put on a show. I will give him that much. Like, there's, there's there was points during his show where he would play, like, every instrument on the stage at one point. Oh, wow. It, it, it was pretty fun. Back when I, you know, listen, let's do a little bit of some Kid Rock. That Yeah, I... We, we've all listened to some shit that we're not proud of. I mean, oh, let's be real. I, I mean, definitely. I had, like, every Creed CD back in the day, so, like, I'm not going to sit here and get on my high horse and be like, you listen to Kid Rock? Ew. You should have seen um, uh, my grandmother <clears throat> asked me if I needed anything from Walmart, and I asked her to, uh, was like, could I please have the new Kid Rock album? And it was, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was the one that had American Badass on it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like some of the, the, I don't remember them all offhand, but I remember one of the songs being called Abortion <laughs> or something like that. And then she actually got it for me. Granted, it was Walmart. It was an edited version of the CD, but she's looking at the titles of some of these songs, and she goes, oh, my God, are you? do you even need to be listening to this? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Granted, back then I was literally buying CDs just because, like, I heard one song that I liked. Yeah, I uh, mean, and basically, I mean, that's how a lot of people, a lot of people bought like albums back in the day. You drop fourteen dollars for basically one song on there. Yeah, and, and I mean, and sometimes you get lucky where every song was a fucking banger. Oh yeah, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of those, in my opinion, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And I, I just want to uh, t- touch on a little bit, like a little bit more of the history. And I, from what I've been able to, to to tell, it seems like a lot of the criticisms about new metal as a genre kind of come from like a lot of it has like a very similar sounding music throughout. Like all these different, like this, all different bands, like several bands, and they all kind of came at prominence at, at a certain time. Because I feel like if you look at the bands that were making music at the start, like in the early '90s. Versus to where I guess like the the nascent of it was like in the the early two thousands, there is a difference because I feel like bands like Corn and Disturbance and like Deftones they have like a, like a like their own voice within the genre. Definitely, yeah. and it's not and it's a trajectory that's not solely unique to new metal or any sort. It, I mean, it happens to a lot, especially subgenres of music where you have like artists that start out and it sounds you know each band has their own unique sound but they kind of are lumped in this similar vein whereas once everybody starts copying them and then people start copying the copy it it ultimately gets watered down and and one thing that i think does a disservice to a lot of new metal and and i think a lot of like especially modern metal in general is not only is like the down-tuned guitar and like heavy distortion, there's not a lot of very timbral variety with it. 
But, and then on top of that, a lot of bands are, especially now, are using like eight, nine, ten string guitars. So they can get the, I mean, at that point, you're basically playing a fucking bass on top of your guitar. And, you know, you get that, doom, 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 doom. And, and I mean, that's not, I'm not like saying the music's like shit or awful because I really love metal and especially a lot of those more heavy downtune genres, but there is definitely a, a greater risk of sounding samey. Yeah, like, <clears throat> and granted, I can I can get down with some gent as much as the next guy, but like you said, once you get so low, how can you even tell what note you're playing at that point? Like, yeah. even listening to it, it all kind of just sounds the same in a way. Yeah, it, and, and it doesn't help with a lot of the good, and, and I know, like, as someone who listens to metal, I always hate when people say, Oh, it all sounds same. I can't understand. But <laughs> No, even my criticism just now about that, I felt a little sick to my stomach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but like at the same time and, and and like and like you were saying with like gent in particular, it's like there are definitely some good bands in the genre. Oh yeah. But they are bands that definitely go out of the way and they're not just playing like open string chugga chugga riffs. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's just so much you can... There are only so many ways you can do the... Yeah, I think that was, like, another problem that came with new Metal. Because, uh, you know, once that genre got big, it kind of became, like, the hair metal scene all over again because these bands started popping out, like, a dime a dozen. Yeah, and, I, I mean, there, it, it was the mainstream in rock for the longest time. Yeah. Because it, it was really about like the the start of the two thousands where new metal kind of reached this sort of mainstream awareness and because it because because people realized that uh, more and more people have like a um, like an open awareness of this genre and it has like a surefire profitability. That's when you have like all these people like you said you have the copycats and the copies the copies are sort of like they don't realize what they're copying they're just doing it unthinkingly. They all sort of like lumping together. And then it's just that you really have like this big peak in sort of like output of this music and these bands. And, and unfortunately it feels like it's a, it's like a blisteringly fast era in music. Whereas it eventually had, it had like a, re, a, a, a sort of a resurgence in like the early 2010s, but like it's, it, I guess for as far as we're, we're concerned, it's sort of relegated to this one part of history. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And just sort of talk about like so like some bands that are like well known in the genre. It's like some of the most like prominent you have bands like Alien Ant Farm, Cold Chamber, Deftones, Disturbed, Drowning Pool, Evanescence, Godsmack, Incubus, <laughs> Lint uh, Biscuit, Lincoln Park, Mudvayne, Papa Roach, Saliva, uh, Sepultura, Seven Dust, Slipknot, Stained and Trap. Those are like. Like I feel like that's a pretty wide net for like the most well known of that genre. Yeah, in varying yeah. levels of quality. I've I've had several several albums from a lot of those. Bands. Oh, so, same here. Like um, I'm still like I'm very behind on my Seven Dust. Uh, since I have Spotify Premium now, I can just you know I have all the power, and <clears throat> I've been listening to uh, their latest album, came out in 2018, and. Fuck man, they still got it. I love me some Seven Dust, man. Yeah, I can't remember. There, there was a song in high school. 
And it was one of their like newer releases at the time. So this was like 2008, 2009. And I, I just remember like really fucking digging it. I really like their vocalist. I can't remember his name. LeJohn Witherspoon. Yeah, he, he's, he's really good. He's one of my favorites. Like he was, he was one of my inspirations for, uh, for um, being a vocalist. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really loved his vocal style. Like he, he's like you can be in a metal band and you know actually sing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating on screaming or anything. Like <laughs> people like to shit on that, saying, "Oh, anybody can do that." Fuck no, I can't. I wish I could, but I can't. <laughs> Yeah, like, it takes really like you know just just on the subject of screaming, it takes a real skill to like exert that much like raw guttural like vocal energy and not like severely damage your your throat. Yeah, right. you have to really train at it, and that that's the thing. Like people, I, I think don't realize that they think it's easy. You just go, Noo! but yeah. I mean, I mean, not everybody can you know just automatically do that. It's like David Draymond, the lead singer of Disturbed. He actually had to tone down his vocals because the way he was singing was bringing up stomach acid and burning his esophagus. Like he had to have surgery because of that shit. Yeah, and a lot of bands, like not even necessarily like new metal, it's sort of like that metal movement after new metal. A lot of the vocalists really had to either have surgery or really go through extensive vocal training so they didn't severely damage their voice or like at least modify how they sang yeah like and plus like any like future performances of certain songs like i know um like uh chester bennington he's really well known for his like it's just his power and his screaming and his vocals and especially like one of her later songs like bleed it out like he couldn't really perform to that same level you hear on the album like in future concerts like they they had like an audio assist for him because just like of course, he, he being older, he's not able to have that same level of power and just, like, sustained screaming. Yeah, and definitely, and it's, and especially his screaming style is, is more yelly. Yeah. Like, it, it's, a, like, it's easier to train that, like, more cookie monster type vocal without damaging your voice, whereas that more vocal fry type of... You could really fuck your shit up doing that. So it takes it takes what we're saying it takes a great degree of skill in order to pull this off right and not permanently damage yourself. Also, yeah. Chester, rest in peace. Uh, big ups to Chester, R.I.P. <laughs> and I also want since we're on the subject of like these sort of specific bands, I do think it's interesting how you have a lot of these big bands that sort of like were influential at the start. And sort of where they went in the trajectory of this genre. You have bands like Disturbed, Corn, and Slipknot, where it's like they're like really there at the forefront. And some people argue that they sort of stayed in a similar sound, but of course they, they sort of grew with it. But I've seen people argue that they have a very similar sound to where they were at the, at the start of this genre and to where they are currently in their music. Yeah, like I, I know, like. Disturbed in particular, they they really. While I'm not like a huge fan of their newest stuff, I mean I, I really do commend them. Like like especially like now, it seems like they're in a more like industrial kick. I haven't uh, really listened. Well, to them. I haven't really had a lot of time with their <clears throat> latest um, release, Evolution. Like I, I've heard a few songs. Like I will give it to Disturbed. Like. I'm going to go ahead and say D- Disturbed was 
probably the influence on me, the reason why I wanted to play music. Um, because once I discovered them, it was like gung ho at that point. That's around when I started learning how to play guitar. Um, I, I never like considered myself a singer or anything, but you know, I sang people, people liked how I sounded. So I was like, okay, maybe I should try this, but disturbed has always has been my biggest influence. Um, if I have to say I have a favorite band of all time, it's it's definitely Disturbed. They are up there. Uh, I have one of their logos tattooed on my arm, tattooed poorly, but you know, I need to get I need to get this one covered up and put it uh, somewhere else because I really do like the symbol. Um, if only we do someone who's really good at tattoos. <laughs> oh man, gee willikers! <laughs> but uh, yeah, Disturbed. I, like I said, I'll give it to them. They have remained relevant. For over 20 years now, they're still out there. They're still touring. I mean, I guess you could consider them classic rock at this point. Like, I, what's, what's the cutoff? Like 20, 25 years? I don't know. I don't know. It just but shows how fucking old I am. I've been with these guys since their debut album. It's which, insane. Which was what, 99? Uh, it was like 99, 2000, yeah. God. And once uh, I heard uh, Down With The Sickness, it was fucking over with, man. I was in it to win it, man. Yeah, for me, it was 10,000 Fist. Another good one. And I, Yeah, and then I went back to Believe and Down With The Sickness. And I know, like, I know right now, like, it, it's it's more of a meme to kind of shit on them. And there are definitely some goofier parts of their their songs, but I I don't know. And I guess this is just nostalgia, but there's still some of that stuff I just really fucking dig. Oh yeah, for sure. Like hell, they um <clears throat> they've I guess uh, I don't remember like exact. I think they're like one of like five or six bands to have like I think it was either again five or six like consecutive number one albums like yeah every time they dropped a fucking cd that shit jumped up the charts and, and much like jonathan i'm i'm not a huge fan of their their later stuff uh they have a few good ones here or there like like their their latest sing, single that's been popping off is like hold on to memories it, it is a ballad it's all it is it's just a ballad it's this very sad song too <laughs> like i saw the video and they're like showing like pictures of of their friends and, and like family that have died. And I was like, Oh God, Oh Jesus. Y'all need uh, to stop that. Uh, yeah. Dis, uh, disturbed. Uh, and, I mean, and, and Dan Donegan and that, I, I know like at the begin at the start of this podcast, I said that a lot of these guys didn't necessarily had the chops of say like a lot oh, of previous generations. Danny boy. But God, I, I remember the first song I heard by them was Stricken. And that, Ooh, yes. That guitar solo fucking slaps. Because, like, their first two albums, they really he really didn't solo. And no. then when I picked up 10,000 Fists, and I was like, wait, is Dan fucking hitting solos right now? Like, yeah, and, and then, like, with Indestructible, it was even more. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that video, The Inside the Fire, and he's doing that fucking flipping his hand back and I'm like, I was like, I'm not even that fucking fast. Chill out, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and ultimately, it's not that hard to do, but it looks so fucking cool. Yeah. Oh man. In, in sort of a similar track, going up from like bands that sort of like started it and kept a, a, a similar navigation with their sound. We have bands that sort of that were big at the forefront, but ultimately. Help form a, help form the genre and 
eventually left. You had bands like Deftones, Linkin Park, and Papa Roach. They had like a very early sound that's very indicative of the genre, but eventually they graduate graduated to do on to other things like Linkin Park. Like Hybrid Theory has is one of the best selling debut albums of all time. Like it's like Diamond. It's like to, as of twenty seventeen, it sold like ten point five million copies in America alone, which mm-hmm. is absurd. And those first in the Linkin Park, especially the first two albums, are very much new metal. Oh all yeah, the way oh, yeah. To classic the new metal. And then from like their third on, they just really just explored really different things. Yeah, that they really took uh, like a lot of bands. Is it's a very gradual shift, but it it was a hard that minutes to midnight was a hard left turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when I fell off the Lincoln Park train. Once you got, they <laughs> got that rap rock out of there. I was like, oh man, what the hell? I, I guess I'm just a Lincoln Park purist. Those first two albums were great. Oh yeah, Collision and- Course with Jay Z. I I, oh, yeah. I I will say that that shit was really fucking tight. It was and, only six songs, but it was fucking awesome. But like, and the thing is, is one of the things I'm not a huge fan of this genre for is especially when they try to co-opt rapping and hip hop because it comes off very corny a lot of the time. But they were able to do it su- surprisingly well on, like, say fucking Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I, I definitely will say, I feel like some some of the rapping on Linkin Park stuff is definitely aged a little better or just in general sounds a little better. And and I'll get into it personally when we get into more like our sort of individual, more personal like favorites because they're, they're really my sort of, my main exposure to the genre. Aside from a few ones here and there, but they're definitely my sort of anchor to it. And unfortunately, not everyone can have a, a sterling success in a genre, especially one that's, that has such a, a fairly short shelf life. Could you have bands like Crazy Town and Evan, <laughs> Evanescence and Limp Biscuit that had like a, a really big heyday, but they just <coughs> never really, really were able to recapture that <laughs> to uh, say success cra- in Xenith. To say Crazy Town had a heyday is is very generous. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like they literally just had that one song that wasn't even new metal. <laughs> yeah, but also like that's, that's sort of what you get when one of one of your singers is named Shifty Shellshock. God, all you have to do is watch that movie um, Orange County. And have y'all seen that movie with Jack Black and Colin? I, I I've not seen it. it but sounds I know, familiar. But I know what movie you're talking like about. Like all like the fucking like ah white girls in that movie. Like every time Butterfly came on, they're like, "Oh my god, it's my song!" And you, it reminds you because it plays like three goddamn times in the movie. But like every list that I've looked up doing research for this podcast, like like we talked about off the show, how I'm looking at this list and. Some of these bands I don't really consider new metal, but I guess I'm not the authority. I just listen to the shit. Well, which well, of of the sort of bands that you think were mentioned as part of the genre, but you don't feel quite sort of hit all the markers? Well, who would those be? Uh, <clears throat> well, I know we'll talk about some of these later, but um, I don't really consider like I love Seven Dust. I never really consider like their early albums, maybe. So mm-hmm. you know what? Never mind. Seven Dust will get a pass, but bands like Puddle of Mud. Uh, I would consider them more like, you know, hard rock. Yeah. And and, and that's the thing with like new metal was it was 
like as much as people now kind of like blithe this genre, it really had a very strong influence even on rock in the 2000s because that there a lot of like the guitar riffing was very similar. Yeah. Where you'd have like down tuned guitars, maybe not as down tuned as say like a Slipknot or something. Because let's say according to this list I'm looking at now, they got Metallica on there, and I'm like, there, okay, no. uh, that there has never been a single album of Metallica that was new metal. Like I mean, unless you want to count Saint Anger, but that was just bad. Yeah, Saint Anger was fucking trash. Fight me, anyone who says yeah. otherwise. I mean, Slayer had a fucking new metal album. Really? Yeah, in the nine, it's it's awful. Oh, but. <laughs> I was about to say, but like bands like, uh, let's see, I get, I guess Stained would kind of be in the same boat as Seven does because I think their first couple of releases were kind of in that new metal territory. God, I fucking um, hate Stained. <laughs> some- <laughs> Some of these bands I haven't even like heard songs from. I don't think like Spine Shank, uh, <laughs> S- Sepultra, uh, Sepultura, yeah, so they're, they're Sep- Brazilian. Sepultura. Sepultura. Oh, I'm sorry, I it's fucked Portuguese up that name. For, uh, grave. Uh, one minute silence. Now, now I will say the Chaos AD album for Sepultura fucking slaps. Like, uh, oh man, fucking, fucking Power Man Five Thousand. How could I forget you, beautiful bastards? But, um, oh man, that that's a throwback. It definitely is. But uh, I don't know. Like like trap. The only thing like new metal about trapped was that they used seven string guitars, which I don't understand why they did. Because I mean, all their songs are basically just like fucking four chords. Yeah. Like I mean, they don't have any chops whatsoever. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to these fuckers later. One of the members in particular. And I think just from what my future was is just sort of like how. New metal kind of seemed like an open door in a lot of ways. Like how you have a lot of bands that sort of came through with either just like one or two songs that had like prominence during that time, or even just mm. like maybe an album or two. It kind of felt like there is sort of like a more, I guess, loose property to the genre as a whole, because mm-hmm. like how many people just sort of like came and went and sort of like had like a little vacation spot. And yeah. The- yeah. And it pulls a lot from so many different genres that it, it is kind of just vague by its nature. Yeah. Just look up any lineup from Ozfest between like 99 to like Oh two. And you, <laughs> yeah, I always wanted to go to an Ozfest. I thought uh, that would have been rad. And apparently Ozzy Osbourne was a uh, very uh, accepting as of new metal as well as a, as a genre and an art form. So ups. Yeah. I don't remember, I don't know if this is 100% true, but I think his son, back in the day, like helped him pick some of the bands that were on that show, on that card. Hmm. Didn't know that. Well, it's not, well just as an offside, it's not like um, Gene Simmons' sons, who uh, uh, plagiarized Bleach, the manga, and uh, made, trying to make his own comic book. Wow, uh, that was Gene Simmons' son. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow, I did not know that. Because... Yeah, but that was a whole thing because uh, the, the creator of Bleach was like, "Who is Gene Simmons' son, and why is he copying my uh, <laughs> manga?" Because like, this is a tangent, of course, but some people pulled up like pages from Gene Simmons and Son uh, comic and and put them right next to pages from the manga Bleach, and they're exactly the same. Is he just like traced over? And they're like, "Damn, clone copies." It's it's, a, it's hysterical. It's like this stuff's from 
across the pond. No, nobody knows what that is around here. It's like, oh, uh, we'd be surprised. <laughs> I wonder if they put their the blood in it. The weeds will find out. I wonder if they put their blood in the ink like Kiss did for that one comic book. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, that was a thing that happened. Uh, like, can, can we just say, like, Kiss sucks? Like I mean, I, I've never. I mean, Gene Simmons as a person sucks. Like, oh, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean that, that that's objectively true statement. But even my new metal heart can get behind songs like you know Love Gun. Copyright. Jonathan it's the law of averages. You know, sooner or later, even a, even a crappy band can make a good song. I'm, I mean, touche. <laughs> that's why I love the fucking movie Detroit Rock City. Did you ever see that movie? No. Is it about, I mean, again, sorry, going off course here, about these huge KISS fans who get tickets to the show, and then, like, one of the moms of the gr- of this group of friends is, like, a really hardcore Christian and, like, sets the tickets on fire and lights a cigarette with them. So the whole movie is about them, you know, trying to get to this KISS concert. And um, one of the lines in the movie, like, they, they're dog-shitting on disco the whole time. Oh, because of course they would be. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, disco blows dogs for quarters, man. And then, like, they pick up this, like, disco queen who's hitchhiking to go to this show. And they go, man, well, I wouldn't be surprised if one day Kiss came out with a disco album. And I thought that was just a joke for the movie, but apparently they did make a disco album. Uh, Yeah, in the late 70s, they jumped on that disco train. (laughs) Disco. Talk about a genre that deserved to die. Fucking disco, except for the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees get a pass from me. Uh, God, that that is a very, like you'd be surprised how fucking insane that that whole trend of music was, and how like complicated that gets when you get into like a lot of the history behind it. But but, but, but um, disco gave us the best X Men ever, Dazzler. <laughs> Somewhere, it. Justin is. Fucking pissed. I bet he hurt us. Does, does he hate <laughs> I Dazzler? Mean, there, there was a bolt of lightning just now. That that might have been just a flash of his anger. Oh, oh my god! Listen to the replacements episode. You remember the replacements episode? You were there for. Well, yeah, I, I believe. You, I, I, oh yeah, I was. In, I was in the background. But uh, yeah, that was a whole spiel about Dazzler. It was fucking hilarious. I actually still listen to that episode every now and then because it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. And uh, now that we've sort of gone through like sort of the, an overview of the genre and sort of like a little bit of the history, we're going to kind of get into like our personal experiences with the music, talking about like our favorite bands and our favorite songs. So, um, uh, Jonathan, do you ha- what are some of your standouts personally uh, from new metal? Uh, like, like I said, we talked about Disturbed already, but the I think the <coughs> the bands I gravitated more towards, like especially when I first started getting into not just like new metal, but heavy music in general was Slipknot and System of a Down. You know, like I I remember listening, like I think I listened to Volume Three, thought it was like the best thing I ever heard, and then like immediately picked up Iowa and thought that was like the heaviest shit ever. And I mean that there are very few albums, in my opinion, that can top how heavy that album gets. But um, I re- it, it, there was always something about System of a Down. It was just their like quirkiness uh, that that it was this very like middle school type humor 
that really got me as like a middle schooler. It's like, aha, the song's about fucking. <laughs> but then, and then, uh, they're definitely a band. Like I really, uh, when I went back recently to listen to them that have aged really freaking well, like, like, yeah, there's a lot of like really quirky, like, you know, surge has his like, Oh, la, 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 la type vocals and shit. But like a lot of their music is very thoughtful, surprisingly political, which I, I like. I always kind of knew because I mean, you had songs like "Prison Song," which was about the prison industrial complex, and you know, "Deer Dance," and a lot of like toxicity is very political. Or and then of course, like "Byob" is very much a uh, uh, anti-Bush song. But. Like and they're they're one of those few bands where every fucking album is just a goddamn banger. Like even their weaker albums, I'm like I still fucking jam to them. And and, it, and I think what made them really stand out among the pack was because they were they were like Turkish and Armenian and very and they came from a lot of like Middle Eastern places. They they really brought in that sound to the music and it gave them their own unique identity. And then another band, I think, I didn't really listen to a lot when I was growing up, but like I kind of come around on was Deftones, but like a lot of the, the main, like the, the thing with Deftones is a lot of the reason I like Deftones is they're not new metal stuff <laughs> when they like incorporate more shoegazy stuff is like the later Deftones of the stuff I'm more of a fan of. Uh, well, <clears throat> I don't mean to keep bringing them up, but um, again, it, the whole Disturb thing, it, it all kind of hit me at once, I believe. Like, I'd already, like, I knew Disturbed at this point, but <clears throat> when uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin came back after having neck surgery, uh, he came back to a, uh, I guess, a, kind of a remixed version of his theme song that Disturbed performed. And uh, that was that just made me just an even bigger fan of them. <clears throat> There's a song called Glass Shatters. Apparently, they wanted to record like a, a whole ass song with like different verses and whatnot. But I think Jim Johnson, the WWE's like main uh, theme writer, he just like no, just just give it a verse and a chorus. We'll repeat the verse and blah blah blah. Uh, Disturbed has always been <clears throat> my favorite. Um, Others that I would like listen to frequently, like Jonathan said, Slipknot. I was a real big Linkin Park fan back in the day. Um, Static X loved me some Static X. It was like it was it was simple, but it was hard. It was angry, and I'm very fucking upset that Wayne Static died. <laughs> and, and just his fucking hair. That hair, man. They they recently did a reunion tour. And yeah. uh, with somebody on stage that had a mask, had his hair, had the Wayne Static hair, <clears throat> people eventually deciphered that it was the lead singer of Dope uh, that was <clears throat> picking up the reins. Um, I, I really love how they really incorporated more industrial sounds yeah, into their music. That was really cool, too. Um, I really liked that. The only one that counts, that first Drowning Pool album, Center. Like R.I.P. Dave Williams. It was so that this was like besides um, 
besides when I found out that uh, Notorious B.I.G. died, when I found out that Dave Williams died, and I remember that was like one of the big ones that got me. I was like, what the fuck? Really? Dave's dead? They just like just up and died on this tour bus. Not No drug related, no nothing. It was just natural causes? Yeah, like his, his fucking heart just stopped on him, I guess. Damn. They like, found him on the bus the next day, and then they got <clears throat> a very shitty singer for their second album, and then they eventually picked up the former lead singer of Soil. I know because I saw them live in uh, Louisiana, which was fucking rad. Granted, he's no Dave Williams, but I always enjoyed Soil too, and it worked out. Um, like I'm looking through this list, a lot of these bands that I listened to only had like a few songs, um, and that bailed. Uh, Seven Dust, big Seven Dust fan, <laughs> fucking. Mushroom head. <laughs> it's a penis joke. <laughs> um, God, God, the few and they and they were. It's like Slipknot copied us. Or, or uh, for when I read, like it feels more like the fans kind of like like imagined the feud between the two because it because like Mushroom Head they're similar to Slipknot in the way they have like these sort of like grotesque monster like characters that they inhabit for their you know live performances, but like. There wasn't really any bad blood between the two bands themselves. Oh, yeah. Just sort of plus, when you see like one like gross monster group coming after another gross monster group, the people just automatically just like, oh, they copied that. Yeah, Corey yeah. Taylor like confirmed that <clears throat> uh, in a in an interview. He was just like, look, man, we have no beef. It was the fucking fans that started that shit. Yeah. And he even like talked about, hey, man, let's get Mushroom Head, Mudvayne, and Slipknot on a tour together, my ass would fucking be front row for that shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I want Mudvayne back in general if the if they can still fucking do it. Yeah. <clears throat> like, Mudvayne was another big one that I... I know I'm listening off a bunch of them, but like I said, I, I, I fucking love new metal. It never died in my heart. <laughs> I was a little late to the party. I didn't discover a little band called Nonpoint until about 2006. But they're really good. I saw them live. They opened up with Disturbed. They did a cover of In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Probably a little lesser known bands like Flaw. I've never heard of them. Um, I did have a couple of Saliva CDs. Yeah, I did. Uh, Power Man 5000. It's like a, a lot of these bands, like Power Man 5000, their song Bombshell was the Dudley Boys theme song for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. They have like the pyro going get up get up get up drop the bomb chair but um yeah there's a lot of new metal incorporated into wrestling uh, especially when wwe started uh, bringing in theme songs for their pay-per-views because they were just spitting them out left and right like hey let's have the rights for this song pay some money it's like fred durst like one of the <laughs> apparently one of the um <clears throat> the clauses in the contract for them using a uh, roland for the undertaker was adding Fred Durst into some of their video games. And I think Fred Durst has been in three wrestling games as unlockable, as an unlockable character. Yeah, I want to say I remember hearing that. <clears throat> and then there's also that infamous clip of, like, they cut to Fred Durst at, like, a WrestleMania or something. He just starts, like, flipping Oh, yeah, the it was bird. a SummerSlam? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, flipped off the camera, and I think, didn't they kick him out after yeah, that? Yeah, he, he, they never saw him again. This was, like, smack in the middle of the PG era, so, like, oh, no, 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 we don't do that anymore. And to your point, because I was going to bring up if he ever had the WWE Tough Enough album that came out in Me? 2001. Fucking had that one. <laughs> because, like, 
just as an idea of what they had on there, they had you know folks like Drowning Pool, Alien Ant Farm, Godsmack, Power Man, Five Thousand, Papa Roach, Deftones, Big Mother Thruster, <laughs> <laughs> Mud Van Disturbed, Half Cock, to, to name a few more. So like that came out two thousand one. So that's di- very much mm-hmm. of the indicative of the time. Oh yeah, I I had that fucking CD. Remember, because they had a live version of Stupefy by Disturbed, and at the beginning, Ooh, that's a banger. Yeah, Stupefy, man, and it was like the beginning. They had the audio from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> How do you know what pain is? I think that was the first time I ever heard Dig too. It was off the Tough Enough CD. Yeah, just take a shot at how many times the bass goes ding. Oh, you would die. Oh. If you want to like melt your mind, just look up the song "Dig" by Mudvayne. But every time the bass dings, it either speeds up or slows down. Yeah, I've I've, I've the, sat the, the slow down one is horrifying. Yes, because <laughs> I remember that very distinctly. Cannon showed that to, uh, to us one day a while back, and I just felt like the synapses in my brain just like deteriorating because not only is is it just like a hellscape to watch this music video just like distort into like an indescribable mess, but just like the grotesquery of the people actually playing. Cause like one of these fuckers has like a, like a chin goatee. That's just a skinny little strand. that's like a foot long and it's like dyed red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Those are some characters. <clears throat> wow. We haven't named Manson this whole time. I forgot about do, do we, is, is he really a new man? From what I from what I read, he's definitely like folded into it. Maybe not just like as like a hard like fixture in the genre, but it definitely has like you know, so as someone who kind of like came through it. Yeah, like I don't know. I would never was. I wasn't that like. I admired Marilyn Manson as a person more than his music. Yeah, like I don't know. It just, well, one, like, as a kid, like, he, he he was always in the fucking news for, like, causing, like, school shootings or some shit. Or, like, yeah. people who people who cause sh- school shooting listen to his music, and therefore people, like, attach, like, these negative connotations to him. Yeah. yeah, so, like, my mom was like, you don't listen to Marilyn Manson. He's not Jesus. You know, it's funny how you don't hear about anything like that. Uh, hardly any of these days, like back in the back in the eighties, they're like, "Hey, play this record backwards. You can hear the devil speaking." And then the same thing with Manson in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Shit like that's kind of died down. Yeah, you don't really hear much about a satanic panic anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, there's definitely it's. <coughs> I'm I'm sure, like, if you go into some like evangelical hardcore fundamentalist Christian, they'll probably pull out something like that. But yeah, you definitely don't see that anymore. I know, like, you know, the thing with the Joker movie here recently, there was a big to-do, like, oh, they're going, it's going to cause people to commit mass murder, and it never really happened. It's almost like the media wanted it to happen. I mean... Yeah, I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> Look what happened. More shit happened during the premiere of Frozen 2 than the Joker. That is true. Like, I, wasn't there, like, a fucking fight that happened somewhere in the world? During a Frozen premiere, I'm not going to say it didn't happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that like two moms just got angry at each other and just started like fighting over something. Probably because one kid wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> if we're being honest, but that's a tangent. 
<laughs> or like the kids were just like running around like that one kid at Onward when we saw. Oh my God. Uh, I never wanted to punt a kid more than my <gasps> life or punt the parents. It's like take control of your crotch goblin. And um, so, so, like I said, sort of like my experience with this genre is more so centered around Linkin Park because like just the music, my musical taste didn't really air towards new metal. Of course, I sort of have since gone back and sort of like, you know, set my toes in the water of the genre. But like with with them, I, I first turned, got turned on to them way back in like, ooh, what was it, 20, 2004, 2003, basically um, when I saw the Breaking the Habit music video. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas it's like it's very anime uh, inspired. Like it's made, it's made by an anime studio, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? I have to find out more about this." So, and so like I went back and uh, listened to Hybrid Theory and Meteor because those are like they're two they're two two big anchors in the genre, and I have such a big hard connection with Meteor because like because with Hybrid Theory, there's definitely like a like a lot of I, I feel like unpolished sound at least at least from my sort of interpretation it feels like kind of rough and unpolished and that's sort of like maybe a charm of the genre yeah yeah the production on that one is definitely rougher and but with with meteor it definitely feels like a more a more polished more cohesive like sound and like at least like an aesthetic wait do you mean hybrid theory was the one that didn't sound polished hybrid theory the one that sounds more rough yeah yeah that was the first one yeah Yeah. of course of course they look at this at first but I have like a lot, like a big, I got big, big affinity, big affection, big nostalgia for those two albums because, like, anytime I listen to it, I'm just thrown way back to middle school and just like I feel like, oh, I, hell. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Because I just remember like laying back in my room, middle of the night, just like listening to it and just like letting my mm-hmm. my brain wander. Because I could listen to both of those, their first two albums front to back. I don't think there was a bad song on either of them, in my opinion. I actually listened to them back today, and I, I still enjoy. There's definitely like. And as like an older, as an older person, and like who's listened to more stuff, there's some stuff that kind of makes me like smirk, is it or cringe a little? Maybe not cringe, but just sort of like it's, it's sort of like it's just indicative of who they were at that time and the, and what the music was at that time. Because there's definitely like a lot of like like overwrought, you know, it, emotion. Th- their music is very melodramatic. But that being said, I think. And it's not just Linkin Park, no. but like a lot of the big bands, like like Corn and Slipknot and System of a Down and Disturbed, a lot of the reason I think their music really has aged better than, you know, say like fucking Alien Ant Farm, like th- there was a definite sincerity behind the music too. Mm-hmm. Like there, uh, I-, I know like it's kind of a meme. It was a meme for a while to make fun of Linkin Park for being like, very melodramatic and emo and stuff like that, but it, it definitely didn't feel like it was just some person, some like white kid in the middle of suburbia who doesn't have any problems complaining like he has problems. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's not like a, a facsimile or like a like a Wilford production of like like a, like a more melancholic or distressed sound because especially when you look more into like. Chester's life, there's a, definitely has a lot of really heavy baggage. Like, there's one song in Meteor that's like almost certainly based off like his past sexual trauma. Yeah, yeah like there, there's like some some very real emotions and sincerity goes with that. And I guess it, it kind of like all those things sort of feed back into what 
eventually happened to him when he, when he took his own life. And did you really get a sense of that? And their and their last album came out what 2016, 2017? Yeah, there's definitely like a lot of things that kind of feed into like what his frame of mind was, and and sort of like how whatever he carried with him as a young man, it it lasted all the way to the end of his life. And and I will say, while the first two albums are that they're definitely the most like signature sound, I did really did enjoy their their growth later in life when they try different things and they sort of like just to see where they can go. I, and just like to like to a greater extent, I enjoyed it. There's definitely like some stuff I didn't really enjoy how they just kind of like splice like weird random sounds and different songs or like cuts from like whole speeches. It's, it feels out of place when you have like a whole, whole snippet of like some political rally interspliced with a song. It's just kind of weird and kind of I, I, I could see how that would be like a, a definite tangent. Like, I think a band who really does that well, who's not a new metal band, would be Living Color. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Because, because like their their big hit, Cult to Personality, has a lot of has a like MLK and FDR. A big sp- a big wrestling theme because that was CM Punk's thing. Yep. <laughs> for, 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 for not the entirety of it, but that, that's definitely his most remembered uh, theme song mm-hmm. because uh, oh shit, who was what was his first um, what was his first theme this fire burns by kill switch engage that's right that's right oh fuck that's a banger fun fact did you know who had that song first for a very short time no who was it randy orton you know i can see it i can really see it they gave that song to randy orton for like a couple of weeks or so and i guess they thought it didn't work out but yeah that oh god that cult of personality i'll never forget like when john cena's just standing in the ring by himself and then fucking with his WWE championship belt. And then Cult of Personality plays. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on because it's the first time they're hearing this song at a wrestling show. And they're like, oh, what? And fucking CM Punk comes out with the belt that he left with, the exact same one. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> God, that's just one of the best riffs of all time. The PG era did have its moments. It did have its moments. Because I will say, like, you know, wrestling tangent, I, I remember I had had his DVD in that match between him and John Cena. It's just like, that is an amazing match. That's one of the, the top contenders mm. of that era in WWE. Even though I've definitely sort of, like, CM Punk has sort of fallen from grace in my, in sort of real life and in my uh, personal standing, that's still a, a superlative run and a great match. Yes. So... And going back and beat what we said earlier about like sort of how you know weaves and new metal because there definitely is a, a crossover in that is too because we talked about wrestling and new metal. There's anime and new metal because like way back in the day, I remember like Dragon Ball Z, like two movies that specifically Lord Slug and Cooler's Revenge. They had like whole albums that released with the movie that was like was like predominantly new metal and hard rock because you had folks like Finger Eleven. Dust for Life, American Pearl, Deftones, Disturbed, and Drowning Pool. They're all like heavily featured in those two albums. And when would you ever think to like attach that to an anime? Because if you go back and watch Cooler's Revenge, there's a, there's a, a moment in there that they, they start playing, oh fuck, like Disturbed or Drowning Pool, one or the other, in the middle of a climactic moment. And you would think it was from like an AMV, but no, it that was a. <laughs> That was a real choice that they made in the English release of it, and God bless them for it. That's a power move. <laughs> that is a power move. 
And it's so, like, I don't know, tonally weird with Dragon Ball Z because at least with that, what I associated was that more power metal, just that epic, like, very high-end guitar sound. But, yeah. <laughs> New, And I know, like, with me personally, like, how I discovered a lot of music was amvs Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of predominantly new metal or just a lot of like metal at the time attached to those because that's what i was reading when when when, like i kind of found like this thread on twitter about like the old music that was used in the english dub of dragon ball z how like a lot of people got their start listening to like disturbed and drowning pool and like that's how they discovered this band and like and how new metal in a lot of ways is sort of the entry point for a lot of people in terms of like musical, like experiment, like not experimentation, like exploration, like this is where they start. They find these bands and it's sort of that eventually they, it leads down the road to like different things in metal and are just like or, or, late, even, later on, just, just, just like a cultivation of musical taste. Yeah, definitely. Even though like, like we've said before, there's a lot of, a lot of bad in new metal. There, there, there was still a lot of good and there's a lot of, uh, because a lot of people now just remember like the more tail end of it where it was very formulaic formulaic and generic but you know in the late 90s you know to have bands with like fucking turntables like guitar driven bands with turntables like what the fuck is this you know I I mean did every experiment work out no but I at least commend the effort and uh, Cannon, something you brought up earlier is that not only do we have like anime with like new metal soundtrack, but also just like just motion picture soundtrack was like a heavy new metal oh, slant. Oh, yes, yeah. um, <clears throat> like, the early two thousands uh, definitely had uh, films with new metal driven soundtracks. Uh, one particular, um, even though I think on the actual movie soundtrack on the disc, none of the songs are on there. But during the movie The One with Jet Li, oh fuck! I remember hearing fucking Disturbed, Papa Roach, Drowning Pool, all over that motherfucker. Because there's this one scene where like Jet Li's, um, like his, the character he played, his, his girlfriend's there, to, like break him out, and then she just like flips off the camera, and as soon as her middle finger comes up, you can hear, oh wow. not my best work sorry not my best work and then like the whole place explodes um i actually owned a lot of these albums like i had that's funny you have it pulled up i had the the punisher the thomas jane 2004 2004 2004 punisher soundtrack i actually also owned the scorpion king soundtrack which is funny when you think about it you're watching i haven't seen the scorpion king in a long fucking time but I, I think like if you like played like the songs on the soundtrack in the actual movie, I guess with the exception of "I Stand Alone," because like that was that was probably the main reason I bought that CD was Godsmack's "I Stand Alone." <laughs> oh, I man. haven't heard that song in years, but it still plays so clearly in my head. Uh, Same here. And um, yeah, also "Queen of the Damned," which we were talking about earlier. That. That movie in itself looks like like an hour and a half long new metal music video. I was about to say because like if, if I had to think of a motion picture soundtrack that I most associate with new metal, it has to be Queen of the Damned. But uh, for me, it was always like the Underworld's Resident Evil. But I have a star next to this, which means I'm supposed to look it up. 
So I'm going to read off the songs from this soundtrack. Now, granted, I have not seen the movie, but there's a little movie called Dracula 2000. Oh, fuck. Now, listen to this fucking soundtrack, buddy. You got Power Man 5000. You have Disturbed. A Welcome Burden, which was an unreleased track at the time. So I guess they let him have that song. It, it came back in like the, the, I think it was the 15th, 10th or 15th anniversary edition of The Sickness. They put those on their great songs. They should have been on the album when it first came out. You got Slayer, System of a Down, Monster, Monster Magnet, Godhead, Linkin Park, Pantera, Static X, Head P.E., Taproot, Endo, Flybanger, Half Cocked, and Saliva. Some of those bands I never even heard of, but that is like the quintessential new metal fucking lineup right there. God, like just, yeah, like even the bands I did not know out of that lineup, I'm like, God damn, if there was ever a new metal sounding name (laughs) to a band, it would be fucking, what was it? Headbanger, flybanger, flybanger. There was a band called. There was a band called Snot. Yeah, oh yeah, Snot. I, I never heard Snot. The only reason I know about them is because uh, the the song, um, Angel Sun, Seven uh, Seven Dust. I think they, if I remember correctly, it it, it was put on their album uh, Animosity back in like two thousand and one. But I think it was like actually co wrote. It was a co-writing venture between them and some people from Snot, and that song is for the lead singer of Snot, who died. Mm. And uh, like I said, I don't remember the complete ins and outs. I think Seven Dust has pretty much adopted that song because that's like one of the ones they play all the time. And uh, I have here also Scream, the Scream 3 soundtrack. Because in my opinion, it has Creed's best song on there, even though they're not a new metal band. I love the song What If by Creed. I will not apologize for that. I, I mean... My old band played that song, and I had a blast singing it the whole time. <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a good... It's one of their few good songs. Uh, just on his track, to some of the other uh, albums that I found, we have um, the Matrix Reloaded soundtrack. Oh, yes. Because uh, let's just take a gander at that one. See, Matrix Reloaded, they had... Sleeping Awake by P.O.D. I remember that song. They had Linkin Park, Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, uh, Deftones, Team Sleep, P.O.D., Un Loco, Rage Against the Machine, Oakenfold, uh, wh- Flute. What Unloco? I forgot about Unloco. What, what Rage song did they have? Pardon me? What Rage Against the Machine song do they, they have? They had Calm Like a Bomb. Oh, that is a banger. I was about to say, because um, I, I know the first one, the first one, like the, the iconic scene at the end of the first Matrix movie where like the beginning riff of Wake Up's like, doom, 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 and then Neo just flies. Come on! Oh my God, I fucking love there's a YouTuber named CinemaSins who put that song, who put that little ending bit of the song at the endings of other movies and made it work. Mwah. Beautiful. Okay, big question. Does The Matrix 4 have a new metal soundtrack when it comes it's out? It's fucking better. The Wachowskis were really into like new metal and like all the cyberpunk techno at the time. So We, we, we need new metal and just like fetish leather. <laughs> And, and just those like weird mask and this type of dancing. Yeah, God, that 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 weird 
party scene at the in the in the middle of the second one. So we were they're all like bat to back, guns out, just walking through all at the weird fetishist dancing. God, that's a good bit. God, it, it reminds me of uh, the those kids in Letter Candy. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the meth head goth kids. <laughs> Uh, the Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> How can I forget that? God, they had, th- this bitch has 20 fucking songs. They got El Nino, Kill Switch Engage, Spine Shank, Mushroom Head, Hate Breed, Slipknot, Chimera, From Autumn to Ashes, Seven Dust, Power Man, Murder Dolls, Seether, Stone Sour, Devil Driver, which what, what was previously Coal Chamber, uh, Sepultura, uh, the Boink Theory, Nothing Face, In Flames, Lamb of God, and Type O Negative. That's a soundtrack right there. Oh, fuck. And I remember loving How Can I Live by El Nino, because I remember the video for that now. Hell yeah. And that, that That's 77, 50, 77 minutes and 59 seconds of pure new metal goodness. What was the Lamb of God song on that? The Lamb song? of God was 11th Hour. What was the Kill Switch song? The Kill Switch Engage song, let's see, that was When Darkness Falls. Ah, okay. Okay. But I think uh, a personal favorite from mine, because I, I don't know how I ran into this one, but somehow I did back in the day. It was the, uh, excuse me, it was the Daredevil sound. Yep. Oh, fuck. That had like the entire Evanescence debut album on it. Yeah, yeah because like uh, uh, the Daredevil uh, 2003 movie was actually responsible for Evanescence's like mainstream like debut essentially because it has yeah. My Immortal and Bring Me to Life in the movie. Oh my god. And it was like the most like <laughs> <laughs> that bar scene when they're playing Nickelback. <laughs> because it's because like Nickelback they have uh, Lean to Hardway which is not one of their bigger songs. They have like Fuel, The Calling, Saliva Caesar, Drowning Pool, uh Nappy Roots, Moby <laughs> Evanescence, of course. Chevelle. Moby. Uh, I'm sorry. Revis, Boy Sets Fire, Autopilot Off. Some of these fuckers you can't even find anymore. 12 Stones, Endo. <laughs> You're just saying words at this point. Is Essentially. That, that, is that Fuels Won't Back Down? Won't Back Down. That's that's the lead song that's off. That's a the, good fucking song. I think that one holds up, in my opinion. I, 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 had don't, a, I, I don't remember it. I had an affection for uh, The Calling is For You. It's goofy, but like... <laughs> I, I can still I can still fuck with it, and and what's so funny about the Dare, about the Daredevil movie as like as flawed as it is, it's responsible for me to like for like exploring uh, Daredevil and him becoming like one of my favorite comic book characters ever because like 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 I, I'll tell you even even the director's cut which helps the movie it's it's still silly but oh, yeah. like it, it's it's got just a a warm spot in my heart because like. That that was a jumping off point for a lot of things for me. I so. will say the director's cut definitely improves the film. No, oh, no, no, for sure. It's definitely yeah, a, that's what a I've better heard. movie. There's like a whole story arc that they cut out of that motherfucker, and it actually makes what we've already seen make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, there's still some a lot of goofy stuff of like, uh, I, like yeah. Bullseye and like Colin Farrell, just like his like like this weird, gross brogue, and his like, oh, me hands, you took me hands, <laughs> show mercy. <laughs> This 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 good shit. I'll be right back, guys. And uh, we're back. We had sort of like an overview of the bands that we personally have an affinity for. The ones that we feel like in a in a genre that's very contentious has a lot of genuine merits. But I think it's time we get down to the brass tacks. 
and actually discuss the bands that we think really just weigh everything down and the, what give the, the genre a bad name. So who do y'all think is an actually bad new metal band? Oh, I have a handful. All right, let's hear them. Oh, fuck. Well, I, I, to pick the low-hanging fruit, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> like, Fred Durst is just a disgusting person. And I think the thing that... Pit, there are many things that piss me off about Limp Biscuit, But one, like... Wes Borland is an actually good musician. He's a good guitarist, but his talent is wasted on some of the worst music imaginable. Uh, I I really hate their like rapping stuff. Like it just seems very cynical, and they're just kind of co-opting this this genre they really don't have any knowledge about. It's just like we're going to take like the the superficial trappings of this genre map them onto ours. And we're going to be like, and just their lyrics are so cringy. Like it, 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 like when I was talking earlier about how like bands like Slipknot and Linkin Park and System of a Down, where their lyrics felt, even if they may felt feel overwrought, melodramatic or just over the top, they felt like they came from a genuine place. And especially if you know anything about the history of those bands, you you know that a lot of those people had really rough upbringings. And it comes from this genuine place of where they use the music as an outlet to vent their pain. Limp Biscuit, a lot of their lyrics, like it, it literally feels like just this white kid from suburbia who's never had a had to worry, have any real problems to deal with is complaining about like, man, I just had a bad day at school. And I fucking hate Fred Durst and I hate his face. And Oh God. And, and, and if I have to hear rolling, 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 yeah, one more time, I'm going to fucking blow my brains out. Easy. Tread carefully, I guess. Undertaker's going to come in here on his motorcycle here in a second. Yeah, he's going to bury us alive, just like AJ Styles. I, I uh, mean, he's an old man. I can take him. Yeah, he's probably. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Limp, man. I have a soft spot for some Limp Biscuit songs. I'll give it, like, right here, like, um, it's not, this isn't my top ten list of, like, the best new metal songs ever, but in my opinion, like, when you think of new metal and like the songs that you know could probably still get played and still resonate to this day a little bit. Um, one of their songs is on my list, and it is their hit song, which I love. Unironically, break stuff. Bra- oh, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> what are the new new metal bands you hate? Uh, you said Godsmack earlier, right? Oh, fuck! Godsmack is another one. Like, like we were talking like in between our break about. I was like, like they they're they're just. The thing about Godsmack that I hate is, and it's there's nothing like super like overly offensive. It's just they are so fucking milk toast, especially for this <laughs> genre. They are just so middle of the road, so mediocre. And like, there's this one song I pulled up. It's called Bad Religion, and it's literally just one chord the entire time. And you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. A lot of bands can do a lot with very little, but it's literally just like an open D chord, just just 
for like four fucking minutes, and apparently the the song is like a pro life anthem, according to the lead singer, which I'm like, that that's hmm. kind of gross. I think that that's a great segue because in a genre, you would think music sort of like is about fighting the powers that be and just like really sort of making a stand about, I guess, the, the overall so unfair trappings of the world. But for whatever reason, the band's whole like a very skewed and distorted worldview and also has really bad music. I think that's a perfect chance <laughs> for Cannon to, to bring into a, a, a certain online incident that he's been kept very abreast of and sort of been on the front lines of this evolving story. Kenny, would you care to, uh, to delve into detail about that? So a month ago, for some reason, the lead singer, A Trapped, just decided to go batshit insane and tweet about his unfiltered love for Donald Trump on his band's Twitter account? Yeah. Not his own personal Twitter account. He is using their band's page to preach his bullshit. And not only that, he is coming after everybody. Like, literally, it, it, he didn't come at me. I'm a little offended you didn't come at me because, you know, fuck you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, like, he is just, like, sucking on some D-Trump dick here lately. And, like, like I'm, I'm trying to – he's even threatening people. There's a lot of bands in, like, the <clears> – <throat> I think the metalcore genre that have been coming out and, like, spewing the shit right back at him. And I was like, dude, you haven't been relevant since, like – 2002 and even then you've had one hit like shut the fuck up but his response is he's going to their their uh spotify plays their all their downloads or their pandora yes he is counting fucking pandora plays i don't even know pandora was still a thing no one listens to pandora anymore but something happened like this uh somebody um like did a a comedy cover of their song headstrong and apparently he did not like it uh so much and just went on this fucking tirade he he's deleted these tweets since mind you i'm gonna try to find them i, sh- I should have took taken a screenshot but he is literally threatening other people with like physical harm yeah yeah like when when we say he this guy has gone unhinged he is gone completely off the rails and and it was completely out, out of, of nowhere and and and, gr- and not only is he just spewing this disgusting vile rhetoric in general it is he's using his band's twitter account yeah like that, that and, and apparently like he had to like clarify it's like oh these these are the opinions of me and me alone but it's like dude do it on your <clears throat> fucking like and that's what makes me think this is like some sort of like weird, cynical marketing ploy. Because apparently they do have an album coming out this summer that had to be crown funded. Apparently, yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> they're a god fucking awful band, and even their hits mm. not good. Mm. All right, so I found the series of tweets. Oh no! And uh, again, um, I don't know a hundred percent how it started, but this is going towards at Sumerian Records. I'm assuming is a, a record label. It is uh, more like deathcore record level. So, and it says, and I quote, Fuck you, Sumerian Records. Get your best bands and arm them. Won't come close to what they will face if they come at us. Blood will be spilled. Try it, you bitches. Fuck your label. Fuck you as people. You want to start a war? Let's start a war. 
Let's talk about Sumerian Records, the worst label in all of history. Any normal human being uh, would feel as though they were being tortured by listening to any band on Sumerian. Your piece of shit label does not have one band that has down... I think he meant done, but it says down. Done shit with their lives. Arm yourselves, you bitches. Uh, That that is very not true. There's a lot of very successful (laughs) bands on Sumerian. And, uh, And, and, And a lot... There's a lot of very technically proficient bands like born of Osiris and he's and people are also sharing screenshots this motherfucker is coming at them in their DMs mm-hmm. asking for their address like, like like no give me your address so I can come like fight you or kill you or whatever I tweeted this earlier like okay and I'm gonna say it here on the podcast like, like how has he not been like kicked off of Twitter at yeah this like, point? like 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 that that is that is like very much within like outside the realms of TOS. Like I'm pretty, I'm, I guess that's why I deleted the shits because like people were taking screenshots and reposting them on Twitter. It's like, hey Chris, remember when you were saying this? I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna make a pro- proclamation right here. I've already done it on Twitter, but I guess after all of this, Nickelback isn't that bad anymore because at least their lead singer. Have, didn't have like a month long fucking public meltdown on their band's personal uh, page, and I honestly think that somebody needs to check on the other members of Trapped because they may be chained into a warehouse bathroom somewhere. <laughs> like, like Trapped, Trapped, <laughs> But yeah, like it's it, it is this very weird situation, and it all started with like uh, Chris Evans of Captain America fame. So, you know, said something vaguely political on Twitter, and then this guy goes after him. And, and the thing that just, like, fucking blows my mind is, like, the people that are like, dude, shut the fuck up. You haven't been relevant since, like, 2002. And he's like, uh, there's this one, like, instrumental prog metal guitarist who's just a fucking beast. And he's like, man, I could play anything better than you. And then I, And then I was like, no, dude, you would get fucking bodied. And I saw it last night. Um, apparently, he had scheduled a debate with somebody on Facebook Live. He was going to argue why Trump is the greatest American president in history. Uh, I guess it's just coming from, like like you said, I think a little bit of it has to do with the fact that I guess they have a fucking another shitty album coming out. And But, like, I guess somewhere also the fact that, hey, you see all the dumb shit our president's spewing? Oh, my God, that's a guy I idolize. I could say whatever the fuck I want on the internet, too. Yeah. On my I, band's fucking page. Because I guess he's kind of really trying to play into any publicity is good publicity because people are talking about you. Yeah, the... the, the and do I think he really believes what he's saying? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he like a lot, especially like traps music, very much plays to that that dad Republican metal that like loves like MMA and wears tap out and affliction. But like, like Jeff Lowe listens to Trapped. He, I would not be surprised <laughs> if Jeff Lowe listens to Trap. But like, it's just I, I I'm I'm partially like dumbfounded, and and it, it's funny just to see. The, this train wreck in motion, but like there's this one exchange that was really telling where he was, he went off on this tirade on how white privilege isn't a thing, blah, 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 blah. And then someone's like, it's ironic that this guy's saying white privilege isn't a thing when white privilege is the only reason he has the hit that he has. I think he also said something along the lines of um, men 
can't be raped. Uh, like, that is definitely not true. Like once a boy, apparently when a when a male turns thirteen years old, he can no longer be raped, which makes no fucking sense. No sense, because like literally <laughs> the the day that Cannon told us about that statement, we watched the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, and there's like a very uh, uncomfortable scene where a man is being sexually uh, like uh, harassed, harassed <laughs> by a woman. It's like a fucking course of men can be sexually abused. It's kind of funny how this is coming a little full circle because, uh, like a week or two ago, uh, forgot how exactly it started, but he was he started coming at Ice uh, Ice T, who has a a rock band. He's had a rock band. In fact, I think Body Count could probably be considered like one of the godfathers of new metal. You know, I mean, really, I mean, they've been around for years and, um, apparently it started off like, Hey man, I have no problem with you, man. I think you're a good actor, but you know, y'all don't have the amount of plays that trap does. And like ice T's just like, he, he keeps talking all this shit. And then ice T said, dude, one day it's like, just keep talking. We're going to bump into each other one day. And then, and then this dude has the balls to be like, Oh dude, you threatening me. You threatening me, dude. You're literally threatening people with murder on Twitter. And then ice T just, He's just like, dude, I don't even know who the fuck you are. Like, it's like, like, dude, shut the fuck up. And and like, there's also a, a parody account that I'm encouraging everybody to follow. It's uh, it's trapped official, all caps, but one of the F's is not there in official. It's official with one F. Please go follow him. It's some hilarious shit. He is con- He he actually finally got blocked by uh, the lead singer of Trapped. Because I, I guess he's just finally done. Because yesterday, apparently, he tweeted that, man, it's been a long five weeks on Twitter. I've been, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I'm not going to deal with the peons anymore. And then somebody tweeted at him again, and then a whole, like, six minutes later, he's back at it. Well, and the thing is, if he really is complaining about how bad, oh, woe is me, it's like, bitch, you shat in your own fucking nest. Like, none of this would have happened if you kept your god-awful opinions to yourself. And I mean, like, dude, if you can't take the heat, get the fuck out of the kitchen. Because the, the biggest thing is people need to learn is that freedom of speech does not mean freedom from repercussions. Well, and the thing is, is criticism is not censorship, and the the sooner people realize this, peop, the world will be a better place. Because, goddamn, just because someone you know says, hey, what you said was not cool does not mean you're being censored. <laughs> Okay, now I'm even more mad. Oh, no. Because this tweet is implying that Trap tried to play a Disturbed song at a show, but this is pretty funny. It's a tweet from uh, somebody called At uh, Cut Thanos. <laughs> said, one time my dad took me to see Trap play a live show, and they had to stop the show because the singer pooped in his pants while they were playing the song Down With The Sickness. He came back about 10 minutes later, and they played the song again from the beginning. And then somebody actually backed up that claim, was like, holy shit, I was at that show. My friend who was a bouncer told me that he didn't even change out of the duty drawers. He just sat there silently for a while in his own crapped pants and just got back on stage. <laughs> God, if that is true, that is fucking hilarious. And we're, we're also going to have to say, allegedly. A- allegedly. And of course, he comes back, you're a child. You talk about people shitting their pants. You are as immature as any liberal on Twitter, you weirdos. I'm just trying to see if he if he said anything dumb here, because here in the last like 12 hours, 
I'm sure he has. Why? Why is it the people who who most are most likely to use the word snowflake are the biggest snowflakes of all? I know for real. And, like and, a lot of these fucking chud Republican conservatives mm. are just so quick to like get offended. And what's hilarious is when you know someone's like, "Hey, what you said like kind of like." Problematic, whether racist, homophobic, transphobic, fill in the blank. God, I mean, to talk about the pot and the fucking kettle, man. I just love that they had to change their, um, well, he had to change the uh, header of the Twitter page. Account run by CTB. Uh, yeah. All views my own unless otherwise stated. Hashtag MAGA. New trapped album. Shadow work coming this summer. Jesus Christ. God, that's so fucking edgy. Oh, but also, uh, Adema's not a really good, um, a new metal band and uh, Vanilla Ice because apparently he tried new metal at one point. Yeah, I forgot he he he, he was on he was on right, all like list. he was a shitty fucking rapper like like and that that's uh, I'm not talking about Vanilla Ice because that's getting in some very contentious territory, <laughs> but <laughs> only responding to blue check marks. Take care, peons. <laughs> well, you not true. <laughs> But like it's the like like I was saying earlier, it's like these people they get mad like when they get called out for saying some or calling like another conservative out for saying something really shitty, and and they're like, "What? You're just a snowflake!" And then like in their process of going off on this diatribe, they get way more offended. It's like, dude, just stop, please. I think his name's Chris Taylor Brown, I believe. Fuck you, man. Come on, seriously. I know you can think you can take on anyone, but you can't. It's over. You've been roasted, man. Did you marinate yourself overnight before this roast? I hope you did. <laughs> because he's going to need some aloe vera for these burns. You know, I really hope as he's walking down the stairs and that he trips and hits every stair and then just lands his ass on a dick at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> on a dick. Hmm. Also, he I, I guess he also thinks that like creating a parody account is grounds for like a lawsuit? Yeah, because he tried to sue the parody account, and then he dropped it. And we realized it couldn't go anywhere. It, like the, the problem is, is like people who are just like legitimately that fucking stupid. They 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 just don't realize like what they can actually do. It's the whole like Dunning Kruger effect. Because I, I really wonder if the other members of the band are just seriously just like sitting there, eyes uh, going both ways. Like, what the fuck is happening? Because I haven't seen, I mean, I haven't really made a point to look, but I haven't seen anybody other than him on the Yeah, that it's page. just the singer so far. And I imagine that they would probably have to have similar beliefs, but I imagine even them are probably like, dude, calm the fuck down. I, 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 mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they just like sort of jumped ship them. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're like any like big name artist anyway, so I mean... Whether they sink or fail is sort of like really irrelevant. <laughs> it's like the problem is like he's also going after these um, online publications that do like like mu- stories about music artists and like coming after them for printing the stuff that he's fucking putting out there. Like, yeah, yeah, like, it's like, dude, we have receipts of what you said. It's not libel if you say it yourself. Yeah, it's like shut the fuck up, dude. Like and, and that's the thing. All it takes is for him to just shut his fucking mouth. And also, how dare you try to play down with the sickness? Fuck you. I'm glad you shit your fucking pants. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that tickled me pink. <laughs> 
But and another sort of kind of getting away from shitty fucking Republicans. I don't know. West Canton might be a Republican. Who knows? But talking about something Cannon showed found the other day that was fucking hilarious. Oh, the puddle of mud thing. Oh God, I forgot about that. Um, so um, puddle of mud went and did a live performance on Sirius XM radio. Uh, the video was published in January. But it's just now getting traction and not for any. Well, I guess it's good depending on how you look at it. But they're performing Nirvana's song about a girl. And if you have not seen this video, please, please look it up. Like we would play it for you if if it wasn't for like copyright reasons. But like it is (laughs) it is one of the worst things I've heard. And I've heard some shitty live bands in my day. <laughs> like Jared Dine said it best. Cause he did a reaction video to it. And he says he's singing like the whole time he's trying to pinch off a turd. Like, like, like yeah. Or just like trying to rub one out and can't or something. <laughs> Like, like it, I guess it makes me feel a little better about my vocal range because my old band, all she wrote, we performed about a girl at our shows. I, I mean, it, it's one of Nirvana's best songs. It's a fucking yeah. jam. Yeah. I come to think I was the only one of the band that wanted to keep playing that. That was weird. I was like, y'all don't like this song. What the fuck? But it makes me feel a hell of a lot better about our performance of it because watching this, it's, it's like, What's what's even more hilarious than just what's his name? Wes Scanton Uh, or Scantlin? Wes Scantlin, yes. Wes, like just like face planning in front of God and everybody is his band's reaction. (laughs) Like the 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 bassist is just staring off into space, like he's looking into the abyss, and the other guitarist is trying to choke back laughter. And the guy playing the bongos, the drummer, he his head's like down the whole time and I'm like, man, I don't want to be seen with this fucking chode over here. I don't mean to, I mean, I guess we do mean to poke fun. I mean, I know Wes Scantlin has had a terrible history with substance abuse. Apparently, he's trying to get his life in order now, but goddamn. And the thing is, is like, like, I I really do not like Puddle of Mud, but I mean, he's not a terrible singer, usually. I will say, uh, I have seen them live. It's not. Definitely a studio band. Uh, I, I could see it, honestly. I mean, granted, for his, from his performances, but, like, it's like, it was one of those weird bands. Their first album was really good, and their second album sucked, but then their third album was really good, and then, I don't know, they, they start, like, he starts singing about a girl very badly. <laughs> like, just tune, like, Jared, also, Jared Dine said it best, like, tune the guitar down. Like, get it to a range that you can sing it at. I mean, well, and, the th- and like you said, it was already tuned, like, what, like a half step down? Yeah, it sounded like, because I know I've heard Nirvana play it. I think the studio version is in standard, and I think when they performed it live, they did it half a step. Yeah. And I believe in this video, they're playing it down half a step. I, I mean, granted, that, like, musically, that's not very far. Yeah. But, like... Like I, I remember I saw one of uh, Led Zeppelin's like old like one of their newest concerts I think from like 2007, and when they played Stairway to Heaven, they had to tune that shit like a whole step down. Oh yeah, or like a couple steps down because like the song is like usually in A minor and it was like in F minor. Yeah, there's yeah, and just so Robert Plant could because I mean he just can't hit that anymore. Yeah, I think I heard a, a story years ago about like somebody offered him like 
a dump truck full of money to get Zeppelin back together for a reunion tour. And he said no because, because quite frankly, he doesn't have it anymore. Like he, he just couldn't do that yeah, anymore. And I mean, John Bonham's son, who was their drummer, who would do the reunion tours. I mean, he he's just as good as his dad, but at the same time, you, you, you can't replace John Bonham, in my opinion. And plus, like, good on him for, like, at least recognizing what his abilities are now. Because what would be worse than a band, like, never reuniting, or, or they're reuniting and they're, like, nowhere near of their, what their powers used to be and, and like, try to carry on from there. Yeah, it, it's like trying to see Axl Rose now. Ugh. It's not good. Or, or uh, Vince, like, I, I, I hate Motley Crue anyway, but Vince Neil, they're, they're, there's this one performance of him <laughs> trying to sing "Kickstart My Heart," and it is, I, I, I like, I don't mean to make fun because I genuinely am embarrassed for this guy. It's that bad. Yeah, he's like making up words. Like, he has just literally like replaced the words with "na na na's." Wow. Oh, he came up in the news recently because he did a cameo for somebody. Fucking drunk off his tits. Oh, Couldn't I... Couldn't even talk. God. I believe Happy it. Happy birthday, Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, uh, this has nothing to do with what we were saying, but um, before we wrap up, during my research, uh, I found a couple of... I don't... Uh, this is a site called loudersound.com. Okay. And I think it lists, in their opinion, uh, the, the top uh, new metal songs that are out there. Uh, okay, uh... I didn't save these because of the songs, even though it's kind of funny, these two songs in particular. Uh, apparently, in their list, Hoobastank's Crawling in the Dark is one of the, the top new metal songs. But this is why I took a screenshot here. Crawling in the Dark has tempo changes so killer that they'd make System of a Down jelly. Now, this might be a joke site. God, I hope it is. That that <laughs> It has, like... It has to be a joke site because, like, and also their number because you, you do not compare Hoobastank to System of a Down and level, especially in the rhythm section. And plus, I feel like Crawling in the Dark was that really to, to, to me the, the song that comes most clearly from Hoobastank of the era is the reason. Yeah, and that uh, is a fucking dog trash song. Like, I don't know how the fuck that one got any sort of mainstream radio play. And um. But also number eight on their list was Alien Ant Farm. Smooth Criminal. You'd think, but it's movies. No. no. <laughs> yeah, Smooth I know. Smooth like their most recognizable song for it, this era. Exactly. That's why I'm so fucking confused. But this is the line. Being remembered for ruining Michael Jackson songs and having foolishly gurning bass player, it's a shame people forget that Alien Ant Farm could craft perfect and intelligent poppy new metal killers such as movies. First of all, I'd argue that their version of Smooth Criminal beats Michael Jackson's version. I, 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 ooh, that, I don't know. That's like, a hot it, take? That, that, I'd, that, I'd is def- that is definitely a hot take. And, and, granted, it's also really hard to defend Michael Jackson nowadays for Various reasons I, we're not going to I have into. a fucking list of songs, in my opinion. The covers are better than the originals. I will I will die on that hill. Covers can be better than the originals. Oh, 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 yeah, definitely. Or at the very least, give it like a a equally valid but different, you know, version. You know, like the most one of the most famous Johnny Cash's version of Hurt. Oh, my God. That, I'm sorry, Trent Reznor, but Johnny Cash. But did, like, he, he literally said that's Johnny Cash's song now. Yeah, like, I mean. I he, mean he's relinquished that title, but, you know. To your point. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think what other, like, covers would be better than the original. I mean, come on, feel the noise. 
I mean, yeah. that, that original song's poopy. But, I mean, and some people are like, oh, it's an 80s cock rock anthem. I'm Me like, and somebody at work get into, like, fucking arguments about this. He gets so mad when I bring it up. But I think, and it's not just biased because I love Disturbed. Disturbed has had some killer fucking covers. Their right. version of Sound of Silence, I like better than the Simon and Garfunkel version. That that's actually not as hot of a take as you'd think. Like a lot of people really like that version. I really like that version. Like, um, and of course, like they're awesome covers of Shout, or and they call it Shout Two Thousand, Land of Confusion. Uh, now, now I, that one that is definitely a better cover yes. than than Genesis. They have a cover of Mid, uh, Midlife Crisis by I think it's Faith No More. Probably. Um, I'm not super familiar with hell. They even have a cover of living after midnight by Judas priest on their unreleased. Uh, they, had a, they had an album called the lost children. It was a bunch of B sides and mm-hmm. previously unreleased stuff had a cover of that. I've heard him do a really awesome. Um, well, it was just him on vocals in the band, but he was singing um whole lot of love by Led Zeppelin. Oh, at really? a live show. Yeah. And for some reason, Dennis Rodman was there. <laughs> That that was the weird part to me. Did he just like wander on stage? Well, because you know, like Dennis Rodman does like the whole club circuit. Like you give him five thousand dollars, he'll come hang out at your fucking bar or whatever, or some shit like that. And uh, this band, um, I think it was Steel Panther. Is that what that band's called? Oh, the the parody of uh, yeah, like the, the hair metal rock, rock band. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was them. I think either that or a band like them. It, it would, it would like that would be some shit. Steel Panther would do. It's like David Draymond's like off to the side. And, hey, is that David Draymond over there? And they brought him on stage. Funny thing was, he started singing and his mic wasn't on, so oh. they like stopped the song. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what are um, what would you guys consider like uh, people consider like the big four when they refer to that? Or I guess your Mount Rushmore, especially when it comes to like thrash metal, it's Metallica, uh, Anthrax, Slayer, and Megadeth. Yeah. So, what would you guys consider your big four in new metal? I already have mine. We may have the same one. I, 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 I'm pretty sure me and Cannon have the same one. I would definitely say Corn because I mean they're the George Washington. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's 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 the one I knew I, I uh, on there. I would put. I would probably put. Slipknot, the the thing with Slipknot for me though is like their first album is new metal, but after that, I they kind of they went away from that. Did you say their first two because they had a self titled in Iowa. I think Iowa was pretty new metal. I'd think at least because I'm I'm kind of coming from like yeah. even if they sort of gravitated away from the sound, it's more like I'm, I mean like the initial impact. Yeah, they're they're no. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like goddamn, there's a lot of bands you can put here. I guess for me it would be Corn, Slipknot, System of a Down, and and the last one would probably I would either I could either take uh, Deftones or Disturbed. Mine is Disturbed, Corn, System of a Down, Slipknot. That was what I consider the big four of new metal. Could you imagine that fucking tour? Oh god, that would be fucking awesome. Much the same. Uh, I feel like my third one's kind of kind of kind of whippy, but definitely um, Disturbed, Slipknot, and Corn. The third is, it, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's either for me, it's Deftones or Lincoln Park, one of the two. But I guess, oh, the, and, and, and Lincoln Park is a good one because yeah. they are a very de- 
refining of the genre. To me, I, because I have such a dependency, I'm gonna like swap out Deftones and put LP because, like, to me, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to talk about the genre without them. So that mm-hmm. that's my Mount Rushmore. Like, that was yeah. one of my that was one of my considerations as well. But like, yeah, that's pretty solid. Uh, uh, and the thing is, is like, like I said, for, with me with Deftones, it's like it, it's sort of when they got away from new metal and went more experimental directions is when I started enjoying them more. I think now that we've run the gamut, that we've seen the highs and lows, we, we've seen the history, we've seen the sound, I think it's time for the most important part of our program, and that's lads make a new metal band. Yes. So what Oof. do we so we gotta think about what do we call on our band? What what's our sound gonna be like? Oh we're not we're oh we're not like taking a we're not like making a super group. We're literally making our own band. Yeah, no, like, no, we're yeah, we're making our own like, band. We're, like we're spitballing our own band. Okay, okay. I got, I got, I got a name. Penis head. Penis head. About zombie fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> or zombie fisted. Mushroom head would probably sue us for penis head. Uh, We'd be is... a mushroom head parody band called Penis Head. <laughs> We'd all wear all wear dick masks. I, I, I was gonna say like, are we gonna be just like regular? Folks, we're gonna have like <laughs> like a monster costumes. It was like like weird, like half melted faces and like barbed wires. No, no, we would be like Cronenberg penises, like the big dick suit, like from the dick suits from All In, but in Jinko jeans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have the balls hanging out of the big holes in the feet. That kind of goes with um my dick. I was gonna say we call ourselves Pisslet. <laughs> Pisslet. That's it. That's the name. Piss lit. That is the most fucking, yes. Piss lit. All right. And, and, and we got to give our, so what, what all instruments do we need? Do we just want guitar, bass, drums, and like turntable and vocalists? No, I want more members than Slipknot. <laughs> we want the person playing the tambourine. I want a theremin. <laughs> we, it's funny, we actually know somebody who can yes, play a theremin. We get Justin on the theremin. Um, but it's just Justin. Like he, he's just playing this. He, he's the only one that's dressed normally. The rest of us are just like fucking like uh, venereal monsters. I want to get somebody with no arms and a motorcycle helmet playing the keg. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Serious. Um. Yeah. Let's, yeah. We'll make it just a. Um, do we want turntables? We want yes. a four-piece with turntables? We, we, we got to get that right. We got to get the turntables. All right. And, and we got we to gotta give these people the most like extreme 90s comics names ever. So so in terms of band members, we're anywhere between Slipknot and the Wu-Tang Clan. Or, or, or like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> a thousand members. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they're like an actual fucking orchestra. <laughs> Like, like, maybe we have a guy that has has like I forget what it's called, but it's like the um, the full body harness with like the with a giant triangle attached to the front of whatever that's called. Have, have you not seen? It? It's like this giant triangle that people wear on the front of their bodies, and it plays like this really like like deep tones. I've never seen mm. that. But I, I want us to have like a Millie Vanilli scenario where we get a really good singer. To record the vocals, but our front man is Joe Exotic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have like, uh, what was it? The the midget that hung out with um, Kid Rock. Was it Joe C? 
have him hanging off of Joe Exotic's eyebrow ring the whole time. Rip. <laughs> God damn. I feel like it needs to be somebody like how like Slipknot has like the uh, the garage suits. How about somebody it's just like in a full like skin suit of Joe Exotic. Like like you know those uh the Halloween masks that are like the presidents. Yeah. yeah. Just like uh, one of those of Joe Exotic. And, and I guess the lead singer's name be I don't know cum fluid. <laughs> Oh God! What would what would our uh, debut album be called? The debut album by Piss Slit. It's Piss got shit with their debut album. Fuck if we know. <laughs> Either something like that, or it have to be some like like super try hard MMA bullshit, like like tap out or uh, well, that's like an actual brand or like <laughs> I got I got Ooh, I, I, I got. Uh, we back down sometimes. <laughs> I was going to say my pitch for the debut album is um, Barbed Wire My Urethra. Oh. <laughs> no, Barbed Wire Catheter. That, that would be more of like a death metal God type of, damn. like a cannibal corpse type thing. <laughs> it's like in our album cover, we just like erase the name Dry Kill Logic and use this as our album cover. <laughs> something surreal what the fuck is going on here it's i'm looking at a the album from dry kill logic the darker side of nonsense and i don't know what's going on it's like a fatty with warts all over him he's naked another one it's 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 weird uh piss slit it burns when i pee (laughs) that would be the lead single Piss slit in. Piss slitters. <laughs> and, and with a plot twist, this is in 2050. These guys are like 70 years old. They're just like, it burns when I pee. You still pee? <laughs> Why am I here? I want our, our drummer to be an actual robot. Like 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 a program. Like like an IG-88. Yes. We'll just have an IG droid. Yes, I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, and, uh, the IG it stands for uh, because he's we, 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 also the rapper because because there's a turntable on it. Instant gangster. <coughs> I was gonna say ill electronic gonorrhea. I was gonna say God in, damn it. In, 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 <laughs> um. Well, I was almost there. I was gonna say intestinal gurgles. I don't know what the fuck we're God, doing. God, we're point. just and hire um, Fuzz, the former bass player of Disturbed, just cause I don't know why. What was he doing? I don't know. They kicked him out for being a shithead. Well, so. well, well now he's in piss slit. <laughs> so we got a geriatric band with a robot drummer slash rapper slash rapper, but like his raps are like. But he raps in like the like that old school '80s style, yeah, boy. <laughs> Where it's like really like kind of, the more like goofy rap. But it's also, but his vocal is his vocals are like uh, the text to the speech. Yes. Oh my god! Like the speaking spell. Yes. Yeah, like, like 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 a blank check. Ah. But like the AI is not good enough, so every time it, uh, it comes on like like the word "fuck" or any sort of cuss word, it doesn't know what it, it is, so it kind of just like garbles over it, or or it autocorrects to something completely different. Yeah, 
But we'd have to fork over $5,000 to get Dennis Rodman to be our hype man on stage. He's just there shouting every third word to our songs. Let's see. And then we we need a guitarist. Okay. I, I don't know what he's going to look like, but his name is Kill Bob McGillicuddy. Kill Bob McGillicuddy? Yes. And instead of the clamp at the end of, of his um, guitar, it's just a gun. Yes. Just like duct tape to it. Spoiler alert, my guitar is a gun. Like our our first single would be called. Why is there blood in my urine? <laughs> Why is there blood in my urine? Part one, <laughs> and then and then the sequel is Why is there blood in my stool? Part two. Oh, I got like a. <laughs> See, it's a double entendre because one and two. <laughs> That's it. Fucking fifty thousand copies. We're selling more than Hybrid Theory in this bitch. <laughs> double diamond. Except we do like Glenn Beck. We just bolt by him. Yes, <laughs> that that's how you really win at the uh, at the as a music game. You just buy your own albums. Is that what Glenn Beck did with his books? Yeah, he he bought bought his own books. I'm not surprised to inflate the numbers. I think we did a satisfactory run of this roller coaster of a genre. I think so. The ups and downs and turnarounds, the good, the bad, and the very ugly. So we appreciate you all listening today. Let us know about how you feel about new metal. Good, bad, and different, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at AYCH Podcast. You can follow us on Letterboxd and Facebook at All You Can Hear. You can follow us on twitch twitch.tv slash all you can hear and all of our vod's go up the next day on youtube and that's also at all you can hear you can listen to us on soundcloud itunes google play google podcast overcast spotify rssb catchers we're all there please like rate review and subscribe for all those places that really helps us out just spread the word spread the banter around appreciate it as always you can follow me on Twitter at John Lost His Name. Well, my art on Instagram at John Lost His Name. You can also follow my art on Facebook at John Lost His Name Art. My name is Jonathan, and I hope you did not lose your opinion of me listening to this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at J-N-I-I-B-O-I-24 and letterbox at John Odinson12. And it's Canon again. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at that Canon guy. Fuck you, Chris Taylor Brown, you piece of shit. Do do it in your pants trying to do disturbed. <laughs> He's a pee pee poopy baby. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Pee pee poopy. Pee pee poo poo, the story of Chris Taylor Brown. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone. We'll be talking to you soon. Take care. Bye.